Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I've never met Martin O'Neill, no. I'd love to meet him. Martin went to the he went to the soccer because he played he played against Kerry and Crow Park for the Derry Miners. Yeah. And hit the crossbar was a penalty to win the game. It was the last kick. No way. Yeah. And then not that long after he was playing because he was an exceptional Gaelic footballer. He mm. was playing as a very young man against Meath and was blackguarded, was struck very heavily off the ball. Yeah. And that decided him he said no. He said no. Went to soccer then, you know. I mean, what a career. Two European Cups. Unbelievable career. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, let's, hear your, let's hear your North Derry. When, when you're doing Martin O'Neill, I, I don't think, you know, when you're talking like him, I think it's very much like that. You know, when you're talking about managing Celtic and, you know, playing for Nottingham Forest and it's a fantastic <laughs> career. It's not bad. <laughs> Free know, struggle uh, badly with Derry accents. <laughs> 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 Conor Moore thinks he can do me, but... <laughs> I think Connor Moore is just a pastiche, you. you know. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a version. It's, it's not, not a. It's a version, you know. It's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to do that sort of North Derry, South Derry accent. It's well, hard, yeah. Yeah, it is difficult. Yeah. O'Neill's more difficult because he has refined his accent slightly over time. Yeah, he has, hasn't yeah. he? Whereas, I'd say Roy Keane's and he, he's an easy one, is he, to do? Well, or of course, you talk like that, you know. You talk about some of the standards of the players, <laughs> you know, the way they're playing. You know, the crappy United players, they're not good enough. <laughs> and that's a problem with them, you know, they're on their TikToks and their Instagrams, you know, taking selfies, you know, it's not good enough. You look at the Sancho lad, he's playing Call of Duty online, <laughs> <laughs> he's playing at Dortmund. <laughs> He was well documented. He was showing up late to training all the time. You know. Do you find it? Do you find it like is Keane becoming easier or harder to do because he's become, 
he's so ubiquitous now. He's and like, mellowed. Yeah, and he's mellowed. Like he was just this monster. And I, you know, I spent so much time around Keane. And actually, I heard him talking on his podcast about one of the days I was, I was talking about, they were talking about lateness and people being late on the mm. podcast. Uh, and he was talking about when they left, um, he left three players behind when he was Sunderland manager for they were playing a match in Barnsley. And I was at that match. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I remember saying to an English reporter, because it was a big story, he left three players, including Anthony Stokes, the Irish player behind. Okay, yeah. Just didn't bring them because they were late for the co coach and they just went off to the match. And then Keane came in. Sunderland won. It was in their, his first year as manager at Sunderland. It was when they were in the championship. <coughs> in the yeah. championship. And it was hysteria. Like it was Keane worship. It was oh, it was. Mania. Yeah. There was 8,000 fans came down. They were dancing on the dugout. There was just madness. Everyone yeah. thought Keane was going to be the next great manager. And uh, he came in and it was in Barnsley and he came into this tiny little press room. Uh, and uh, I had just said to this English reporter, oh, you know, it's funny Keane uh, didn't wait for them because, you know, he missed a couple of, he was late for a couple of buses himself when he was a player. Fame, you know, the famous story with Mick when he was, when he was yes. an Ireland man. And, he, yeah. and, uh, uh, and he's supposed, you know, I don't think it's true, but he's, he's supposed to have said, Mick said, you know, he got on the bus with a hangover. Keane got on the bus with a hangover. Mick McCarthy said, you call yourself a professional. And Keane is supposed to have said, which he didn't, do you call what you have a first touch? You know, that was as his response. <laughs> anyway, so I said this to him, I know he's missed a couple of buses himself in his career. And the guy just, Keane came in and he, he sat down and the guy said, you know, what happened there, Roy? And he said, yeah, well, you know, they were late. You know, we don't wait for anyone. And the, the guy went, somebody said, you've missed a couple of buses yourself. And Keane just, oh. you know, it was just like, it was, just like, it was a movie. It was just like a zoom in, like, yeah. like eyes narrowed. You calling me a hypocrite? <laughs> and he spent he spent about five minutes toying with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just going round and getting him like, what are you saying? Like, oh, no, I'm, yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. Like, no. like, like the famous scene in Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's so funny. What's yeah. so funny. What's so funny? Funny. Yeah, funny, funny how? Funny how amusing I make you laugh. You know, you know what the funny thing is? I don't know why people enjoy these Home Alone movies. I think they're fucking shit. I really do. Where's the enjoyment? You know, as, as an actor, you know, an eight-year-old kid, you know, it's, it's attempted murder. You know, you're you're in the le on the legal side of things, and this kid should be put away. What the fuck is that all about? He's, you know, he's, he he a blow, he, he sent a fucking blowtorch to my head. <laughs> did he do Goodfellas before he did that? What a come He down. did it around the same year. <laughs> yeah. But he did Goodfellas first. He did Goodfellas first. I mean, Goodfellas was the film that made him. Yeah, it really? was essentially. It was in Rage and Bulls. He was, was fantastic. Bulls. Oh, he well. was fantastic in that. Yeah, too. He, he had a run that's, then. He did Goodfellas. That's he did. Yeah, he did my cousin Vinny. And my cousin Vinny, he obviously the Lethal Weapon oh, movies as well. He was in JFK. Oh, that's right, of course. He was. Yeah, he, he was, was brilliant in JFK. JFK. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was fantastic in The Irishman. I know a lot of people. But the problem was The Irishman was just Goodfellas. With everybody aged 40 years. I don't know, because he played a completely different role in The Irishman compared to Goodfellas and Casino. Yeah, I, pre I appreciate he, he was, that. His, his character but was, was same, stripped back was a little bit. the same movie. You think so? I think, you think it, so? I think that everybody's... You think it was? <laughs> huh? <laughs> That's the problem. You know, we don't have cameras here, but I, I, I have to disagree with you. <laughs> I really do. It's okay, Bobby. Calm down. Well, we did, well, but the problem was we, did, we didn't have Al... You know, for uh, Casino and Goodfellas or Raging Bull. No, they didn't have me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that was the problem. <laughs> and everybody said it to T. Scorsese, he's 25 years too late. You should have been in a movie in the fucking 80s. <laughs> I said, I know, but 
I had to do it before I fucking died. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> That's right. I didn't even play against. I played fucking Alpha. <laughs> but for me, the Tony Soprano. The Petito's a hard one. Yeah, he's tired enough. I remember but you, you, did, you did a potato job where you did <laughs> you were doing it. it was so funny because you, did, you were doing somebody you want to play some checkers you have to remember that was that in was that in Nice I can't, I can't remember you were doing you know you want to play some checkers what are you going to do I think it was something I do I remember checkers, yeah, checkers. Because I, I haven't got the fucking brain capacity to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, that was a gig a couple of years ago in Nice with me, you, Connor Moore, Marty Morrissey. That's right. Well, it was for the kid who, who had, yes. who'd had a stroke play, yeah. playing Adam, minor football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Three Mile House, isn't that it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What a night that was. Yeah, it was a great night. It's yeah. very, very funny. Yeah. You want to play some checkers? But he did it, you know, as in. You know, it was like heat. Right. Yeah. You know, him and De Niro. But he said, he said instead of all that other <laughs> stuff, you want to play some checkers. <laughs> but there, like Brando as well is one that I do, with the, the, just the Godfather he, one. He's tough. Oh, for me, <laughs> what he did was he put cotton buds on each side of his, of his mouth to speak like that. You know, and then you kind of say, you can act like a man. You know? And that was my Brando. But then I do Tony Soprano as well. And when you do Tony Soprano, it's a lot of fucking heavy breathing. <laughs> Out of this. So I did a video a couple of days ago. You know, it's for me, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a kid at art. And I play games. So that new Grand Theft Auto trailer came out. And I talked about one of the characters in the previous games, Tommy Vassetti. <laughs> you know, I said, he's a saint. End of story. <laughs> and he sort of does that. Always oh, blowing through his nose, breathing. Always, oh, yeah. For for me, in my opinion, the greatest acting performance ever in any movie, TV series was James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano. It's the greatest series ever. It's a hundred percent. It's the greatest series ever. I've never watched a TV series that just or a film that just sucks you in as if you know the person. What about um, what about that guy in Breaking Bad? Uh, Oh, Brian Cranston. Mm. Jesus. Did you Super. see him doing Linton B. Johnson? You know, Linton B. Johnson was a pig. You know, he was a big, gruff, southern... You know, I did uh, see that. That was a movie, wasn't it? it? Yeah. Was, uh, it's, it, it was one of the great performances, too, because he, he's a chameleon, Cranston. I mean, yeah. He, he can play anything. I mean, I thought his range in Breaking Bad, and I have to say, from start to finish... Oh, amazing. That was epic. I would take him ahead of... Tony Would you? Yeah, on that, on that, on that series. I mean, it was extraordinary. Just considering what he what he had done, like he was in Malcolm in the Middle, obviously for seven seasons as well. Yeah. As you could dad. have had another. You could have had. You could have put somebody else in to be Tony Soprano, who would have done a good job. Yeah. Very difficult to see how anyone else would have been able to achieve what Cranston achieved in. In Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. I mean, it was, oh, he was phenomenal. Here he is. As well, and we talk about the best series ever. I think the best ever season of a TV show I've ever watched was True Detective season one. With um, McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Mm, yeah, well, and that will segue into obviously those, me doing McConaughey. Those, those, guys are, those guys are top of the line as well. They're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Woody Harrelson's one of the obscure impressions that I do. Cool. But when you're doing them, you have to talk like that. And it's, 
You know, it's very slow, but it is what it is. <laughs> and you do the laugh and all that, but it's great. And I work with Matthew. I mean, he's practically my brother at this point. There's a rumor that apparently they are brothers, by the way. Look that up after we the recording. But of course, when you're doing Woody, you to talk like that. And it's all good. <laughs> well, he's a friend of mine, and you know, that's it. We have an all right, all right time when we're on set. We're actors at the end of the day. We're brothers, too. And that's important. <laughs> if, you clo- if you close your eyes there, that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> McConaughey. Yeah. Give us, do some more McConaughey there. That's extraordinary. Well, yeah. McConaughey, of course. Well, it's great to be here on the Free State Podcast. Oh my God, we're, we're having a good time. See, we're, we're recording a podcast. We're in a room. There's not many people. It's just three people in this room. So it's good for me to do this impression. If I'm doing it at a live setting, it can be difficult because people are talking too much. Uh, you need the intimacy. But for example, if, but one, that one impression that will grab people if I'm in a room is Eddie Murphy. So when you talk like that, you know, and, and, and it's great. And you, you can rage, you, know, you, 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 can, you can shout at Eddie Murphy, you can do what you like, you know, and it's all good. <laughs> but I do the happy Eddie Murphy, you know what I mean? The happy Eddie Murphy that was, you know, making all those kids movies in the 1990s, you know, and all that shit. It was great. <laughs> Trading places. Trading places and all that, yeah. Can I help you, officers? Just pretend you've got that veteran with no legs. <laughs> can I help you, officers? <laughs> what a great movie that was. Oh, brilliant movie. And genuinely, they do not make movies like that anymore no trading places oh yeah trading places even like the pork far- bellies pork bellies <laughs> you know? yeah but even the farrelly brothers movies like you know the likes of dumb and dumber there's something about mary kingpin those movies in particular those comedies would not get made today yeah no they're too they're too over the line, I suppose that F- politically way too, line. way too over. The line. There's something about Mary in particular, you know. Yeah, but it's yeah. it is funny yeah. stuff, the you kid, know. The kid don't touch his ears. That you, you, like that just would not fly. Yeah, and you probably you probably couldn't make a movie making fun of schizophrenia either. Nowadays. No, oh, me myself and Irene, yeah, yeah. you can't do that yeah. either. You know. Yeah. Um, it's a world I want. It just no goes, pa- it it's a, a world f- I want no part of. <laughs> it just it was a free for all back then. You mentioned you know like the way you you and Connor Moore have, have your career in social media. Yeah. And talked about Oliver Callan and, and Mario. Like it's the opportunity now that like you know so many of your impressions are global stars. Like is that the thing that is kind of another thing that's a, a, an advantage you have? You don't have to do. You're not limited to just Irish. Impressions or the market or the you know the global reach for those big impressions of of international stars is, is yeah. even greater. Yeah, and and you know that's the whole kind of the pull of social media in a sense. Yeah. You know, you do those global stars. You know, you do actors. You do, you know, global stars and like boxers that I do football football yeah. players. You know, you look at Connery's doing some of the best golfers in the world. The best Formula One drivers in the world. Yeah. He's kind of creating these niche markets yeah. in yeah. doing the Formula One impressions. And one retweet, one retweet to 10 million followers, boom. Boom. That's all it takes. Yeah. Like I did, I TikTok, I'm, I think it's a bit of a toxic platform, but I've got to be on that platform yeah. and, and, you know, your, your following builds up quickly on a platform like that. And I posted um, <laughs> a video the other day, you know, uh, celebrities um, previewing the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer but I have 1.3 million views in a couple of days because of that 
You know, and, and unfortunately, it's sad, but numbers are a big thing. Well, it's, but I, I, I do, like, some of your impressions are the best I've ever heard. I thank you. Thank no, I mean you. that yeah, sincerely. No. I mean, they're, 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 they're uncanny. What do you call the lad you do? Um, he's in all the same, you know, he's a sort of a, 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 a black acting icon. And Denzel? Denzel Washington, mm. yeah. That's right, when you're talking like that, it's okay. <laughs> you know, when you... I think as he got older, you know, you watch those Equalizer movies. That's right. It's a very good movies. And he's very relaxed. <laughs> and then he breaks into a lot. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> that's right. We told, You know, I, I don't have to play any character. I don't have to be a method actor. I don't have to put on an accent. People just hear me talk. They see what I do. Hmm? <laughs> but I, I like, yeah, you know, characters like that, Denzel. You know they're they're very impressionable. And but it's just sort of well. is it is it that you're attracted to the character and you then say or is it oh, or, is it, or is it you think oh I can do that one or is it just yeah or is it absolutely more like a, it's the inflection you know you, you you find that inflection in the voice. So give, and a, as give a, us a for instance. Well, for Denzel. Yeah. So when he's acting, he, he kind of you know when he's talking like that, he's very serious. You know his his bottom lip is kind of like that. Mm, that's right. Okay, mm, okay. <laughs> I'm talking to you right now, and we we having a conversation. But out of nowhere, he can laugh, right? <laughs> and then you see, you see, that's right. You, you know, he shows off his whole face. His whole face structure changes. But it can go like that in a second. <laughs> it's so, so funny the way that you, yeah, it's you morph it into his face with that. Do that. Do that. But, do that. The, the, here's the, an example. No, Michael Keaton, right? One of the obscure ones that I do. Michael, who, who, Michael Keaton. What yeah. a superb! But did you see? Brilliant um, actor. Did you see uh, Dope Sick? Oh, amazing! I mean, it was that. That was that he was, was one incredible. Of most, one of the most and most terrifying things I've ever seen about yeah. the excesses of American capitalism. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, just to 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 essentially legalize drug dealing yeah. on an enormous legal scale. Yeah. With all of that essentially got swept under the carpet, like extraordinary. And when they prosecuted them, you know who they brought in to prosecute them? Who? A senior prosecutor from New York whose entire practice was based on prosecuting mafia, mafia wow. gangs. That's who they brought in because of the striking similarities. Yeah. The capo regimes, right down to the sellers on the ground. My God. You know who had who had who had. Essentially, turned the doctors. They were bribing the doctors. Yeah. Often the doctors were taking them, taking the. Oh, the doctors the drugs became themselves. addicted. Yeah. You know, and uh, but anyway, so so you were talking about. But for you, for that's a like, so when you're doing Michael Keen, hey, here you're talking like that, okay, okay. But then you get a bit like crazy, you know. You get it, you know, you like Batman. You, you get a bit nuts, okay. Yeah. You got to the, the bill just for it, okay. <laughs> but you're kind of like that, okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the facial tics and all yes, that sort of yeah. you, you just go with it yeah. but you say that that's an obscure one or like what is a sweet spot when you've got somebody you love doing you do really well like you mentioned Van Hal like when United were going badly but he was front and centre for all of that oh he do was you great. like do you want people to hang around like do you, do you like Trump is the obvious one because there's no one in American politics that is as yeah I can't, I can't think of anyone you could do that would be as funny as your Trump. Uh, yeah, well, you, I don't think any... Yeah, you can't really match that impression. All yeah. the impressionists do Trump. I know there's a couple of Biden impressions going yeah. around. 
you know <laughs> I know there's a few and I do Biden as well yeah but it's not to the same effect uh, and he's, as I do he's, Trump. he's difficult to think about Trump is that you don't you don't have to make up any jokes you can just look at anything that he says well that's it and you can you can do anything with it really because Trump you is know, and then he knows everything <laughs> Trump knows everything nobody knows things like I know things <laughs> you know absolutely everything you, you know this packet of Harry Bow Supermix, which you're obsessed with, Dion. Nobody knows more about Harry Bow Supermix than me. Really fantastic, you know. I noticed you ate all the jelly babies in it. It's unbelievable. He has no off switch. And he would eat, he would eat, he'd clean out the minibar, he'd eat all the sweets until he started to feel ill. This is not, that's true. Mm. Have you got a sweet tooth? I'm, I'm the same. Well, no, it's not a sweet tooth. He, he doesn't drink anymore. Okay. So he's got, he just. He, he, well, I do have a sweet tooth as well. But you have no off switch. No off switch say, he yeah. says that. I'm not. No I'm not. You I'm can't. Not. I'll, you know, I'll just keep going until. My uh, mother was. And would you actually feel. Would no, you I feel sick now, yeah. Yeah, because you have My all mom's very like that. Um, but I'm like, why am I feeling so sick? <laughs> my mom. My mom. She's it all the time. All the, <laughs> <laughs> my mom loves all the swizzles, sweets, the love hearts and the oh, yeah. parma violets and all yeah. them. She's obsessed yeah, yeah. with them. Yeah. And she'd get a bag of them and she'll. My wife says I like granny sweets, you know, I'll get like, yeah, the old uh, stairs Murray sweets. mints. Oh, Murray, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the orange barleys yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. My granddad used to have them. Yeah. The, and he'd get away from them, get away. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so he used to say to me. That's my cork accent. I should have a better cork accent with cork blood in me. <laughs> so, yeah, so like, but there's do other... You do, do you do, um, do you do Jack Nicholson? Yeah, I can. He, he, he's a when you're, when you're doing Jack, you have to talk like that. And you have to breathe in. You have to. Everything has to be an exclamation. <laughs> I love Jack. I love. I mean, as good as it gets, you know. Oh, what a film! What a, what a film! What a character! Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, one of only two people who had a tunnel dug from their mansions in Bel Air under the ground into the Bunny Mansion. Near jail, wow. Who's the other person? Uh, apparently a man of, Crook Douglas, apparently a man of prodigious appetite. Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He liked when to watch the <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch those Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were talking about other, other, um, Boxers that you've been working on. Yeah. Oh, well, Eubank is one that I've been doing for yeah. years, but he, everyone does Eubank. Yeah. But when I... Is he easy to do? No, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when I do Chris Eubank, and especially when I do it on a an in live setting, obviously, you know, the, the topic of conversation, and in Ireland, the topic of conversation is, is Steve Collins, my former opponent, but when I'm doing the gigs in the UK, it is my son who I believe has failed to live up to my legacy. <laughs> and I also believe that he has failed, you know, to live up to be the Simba to my Mufasa. <laughs> like, it is amazing because if you're listening to this, you will just hear Chris Eubank and think you're getting the perfect impression. But actually, it is when you look at you, yeah. you just embody it, you body him too. It is strangely, yeah. it's like like looking at him. And it's, a str yeah. it's, it's, it's the very, because... Because I think that he has come to education late and read a lot. Yeah. So he hasn't heard 
all these conversations. He hasn't gone through a university setting where he's heard all these conversations. He picks his way very eccentrically through words. Guys, I did a show with Chris Eubank in Cardiff and he was very normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly. Yeah. Oh, so you're an impressionist. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's great. I have a lot of friends who are impressionists. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, you're doing it long? Yeah, normal. Yeah. It's not this yeah. slow kind of thing. So essentially, he is living the gimmick. Yeah. Right. It's the, the monocle and the... the mono- all of that. But very normal, very down to earth with me. <laughs> he, was, he was another tough guy. A very tough guy. I mean, he was proper, proper. Tough. And that's the most ferocious of all the divisions, that super middleweight. Oh, my God. Because you're al- almost at heavyweight. You've got a, a, a classic mix of endurance, athleticism, mm. speed, power. Yeah. I mean, that is a pig, a pig of a division. It is. He went through that division until the Collins boy spooked him. Yeah, he did. Tony Quinn pretended that he had hypnotised Stevie. Yeah, yes, yeah. And and that Chris's head would be three times the normal size. (laughs) And he he, he told the world that. We had had Roddy and it was very funny talking about that, you know. Yeah. Roddy going into the lift in... The, it was a jury's hotel after the after the weigh-in. Mm. Or the one out there where they used to do the All-Stars all the time. That one. Yeah, Roddy's Burlington, a Burlington. The Burlington, he said he went to the, and he could hear Eubank saying, you can say this, you know, mm. let's get out of here. This is not right. I shouldn't have to fight this man. This is supernatural. It was supernatural, and I can tell you that much. And that is why I have, over the years, developed a great respect for the fighting Irish. <laughs> Because that is not just the saying. It is quite supernatural. It is yeah. in the air yeah. at times. It is. There is something so special about it. I wondered, <laughs> I wondered, I wondered, after he almost killed Michael Watson. Yeah. Um, in that, I mean, Eubank had such a black heart. I mean, he was gone. Watson was a brilliant, brilliant boxer. Mm. Had boxed him brilliantly for maybe 10 rounds, 11 rounds, mm. and halfway through the 10th or the 11th, Hubank eventually, I think for the first time in his career, succumbed and went down in the canvas. Mm. I mean, the fight was over. Yeah. And as he got up, as he got up, he threw a huge sort of supernatural one punch, which connected with, I mean, it was one last desperate attempt mm. that came out of that black soul of his. And Watson went down and didn't get up. Yeah. And really didn't get up for, he was in hospital for six, nine months, yeah. intensive care. And I think probably watching the Collins fights, I know he was definitely spooked. He said himself he yeah. was spooked and that he, that he shouldn't have fought and he didn't think he should have been put to that. But I think that after that, Eubank was punch shy. He didn't want to. Mm. You know, it must be an awful experience for him because he's also clearly well, a very you, a, a sensitive can, yeah. and empathetic man. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, you know, there's a, a massive human element to these boxers. I like having met so many boxers over the years, they are the most approachable people, you know, with regards to having this global fame. They're very easy, very down to earth. And I think it's because of the gyms that they're training in, the trainers instilling you know, discipline and manners. It's essentially, you know, they're, they're essentially in another home when they're in that gym. And, train. you know, some of the trainers, you've got to give them props for, you know, developing these fighters and essentially, 
you know, developing them as as characters and has and as humans as well. Might it also but, be that they're that that in that you know world of fighting when you're immersed in it mm. and you're training towards big fights and everything goes on the line, your health, your life, everything goes on. Yeah. That that you're stripped right down to the bare soul. You know, it's the most searching examination of a human being, I think. Yeah. Getting into a ring. And maybe there's something about when you're when you're living in that world and you're stripped back down and all the bullshit is taken away from your life and there are no distractions, you know, that you mm. really learn who you are and you appreciate yeah. that and other people and you develop a... Well, you have no choice but, but to be a caged animal. And it's not a posh them. world. Okay. Like, yeah. You know, so you're not, you're not... I mean, I know that you can get sort of, you know, you get the odd exceptions, the Floyd Mayweathers, you know, who never really was hit and who was, I mean, they probably <laughs> probably the greatest pound for a pound boxer that ever yeah. boxed. You know, I mean, he, he was ethereal he wasn't a real genuinely didn't even no. look like a real human being in the, in the ring I mean he could beat up anybody and it didn't really matter I mean just watch the fight against Canelo Canelo I was just going to say that I mean when he stood right in front of him and everybody said oh he's in trouble now this yeah. guy this big guy's bigger stronger he's a knockout yeah. merchant and I mean he to use a, 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 an old dairy phrase he beat the lugs off him yeah. and actually could, could, Canelo's face got so red and purple and he got so angry. Yeah. And eventually, when he couldn't translate his anger into hitting Mayweather and just kept getting peppered, yeah. eventually he just quit. He just gave up. He just gave up, yeah. That's I mean, the thing with Mayweather. But Mayweather is, is not, I, I think, in that camp of people who are approachable. I think he no. lives that very no, unusual, extravagant life of... Yeah, well, I did a show a few years ago in Birmingham with Mayweather. I was on before him. And the hotel um, we were staying in, and I think it was was it Radisson in Birmingham, this nine-year-old kid approached him and he told the security to tell the kid to go away. And I just thought, yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of person you are. And I think it's a, it's a shame someone so talented, a rare gem of an athlete that you yeah. probably will never see the likes of again. Yeah. And a young kid, all excited seeing someone like that, you know. Turned away. I, I I just hate seeing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code Listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. That. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but, but that's the... I think that's the modern world that we live in with regards to some of these athletes, especially but, footballers. But it, was, mm. but, it was, but it was such a funny thing to <coughs> me. Whether I mean, like in watching him coming through, coming up through the ranks. I mean, he came up about four weight deficiencies, you know. Yeah. And um, when he was when he was world champion, you know, down in the lighter weights. I remember there was a fight. I mean, it was a it, it was a fight of two unbeaten world champions. I'm trying to think who it was that he fought, but about the seventh round, he he came to. I mean, he was destroying his opponent, mm. and he came to the the sitting stool, and he said to his dad, "Oh, daddy, daddy, my hand hurts so bad. My hand hurts so bad." Mm. And it was like a, a small child talking to his father. Yeah. You know, and then you've got this persona out of the ring of the money and throwing the money about and the Rolls yeah. Royces and all of that. Um, and I'd sort of hope that maybe that wasn't real, but what you're saying, that's he's stuck now in this. It's a bit like, it's yeah. a bit like Conor McGregor. He's sort of stuck in this now mm. persona. That yeah, they become the you know the, the gimmick caricature. Yeah, like yeah. The, they become yeah. the gimmick. Yeah, yeah, they do. You what know. was he? What was he like? Maybe whether to meet, to talk to, or to. He, not not approachable whatsoever. <laughs> really, no, and not approachable. Not at interested all. in other people. Just no, a, just whereas very narcissistic. Oh yeah, Isn't it funny that whereas Brendan, who, Brendan, what are you say? Uh, Naz Prince Nassim. Oh. I had a long conversation with him, and as you're, if you remember Naz in the nineties, oh. he mm. had this attitude, this oh. brash attitude, and you look back like in it's revisionism now. You think, oh, he was something else. You know, but people were like at the time, like, oh, he's too cocky, he's this, he's that. But he was amazing. But he was spectacularly exciting. But he, I mean, he was spectacular, unbelievable. And he I mean, was speaking he to Kevin me. Kevin Kelly in New York, and oh, I mean, it was just. <laughs> he just had an aura as well. Uh, and he, he he had dynamite in both hands. Yeah, one hundred percent. He said he said that after he fought Wayne McCullough, Wayne McCullough from Belfast. Yeah. Said, you win, you know. I really believe we're world champion again. You know, he's, he's 15 now. Okay. I really do believe we're world champion again. You know, Cheryl thinks we're world champion too. But um, Wayne had, you know, it was a legend in boxing in the North and a great lad, a brilliant lad. Mm. He, he refused to go to the reception in Belfast City Hall yeah. that the Northern Ireland Assembly put on for him. Yeah. Because they wouldn't invite Michael Carruth. And Wayne had been a guest of honour at Michael Carew's celebration yeah. in the City Hall in Dublin. Obviously, at that stage, bigotry was still rampant. In, and they didn't in, in invite Michael, Michael Carew. So Wayne, Wayne wouldn't go. I mean, Wayne's a shankle boy. Yeah. But he was famous for his hard head. Mm. Like, uh, genuinely, he, he was never down. And Nassim Hamed, <laughs> he fought Nassim Hamed. He was just overwhelmed with punches. Mm. You know, it was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of punches. And Nassim Hamed, who was such an accurate puncher. Yeah. And... Wayne was a sitting duck as a target, like, yeah, and he bombarded him. It was like missile strike after yeah. missile strike, and Wayne did not show any apparent effects to the punches. Yeah. 
And <laughs> that's him, my man said, he was being interviewed about two weeks later, he says, I've had my hands in a bucket of ice for two weeks, he said. Did you do that? Yeah, just by speaking to because I did that a gig a few weeks ago and his son was, was present at the gig. He said, you know, I was saying to my son, he goes, I said, Adam, look at him, look at him, look at what he's doing. His son is an upcoming boxer. What's yeah. he going to learn from an impressionist? Yeah, yeah. Look at the skill. Look at the skill. He's been doing this years. He's studying for such a long time. And <laughs> it was just like, but he like just was bombarding me, not with missile punches, yeah. but with praises. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is this? He, he, he was he was one of the most, it was, it was pro- the most curious finale I think I've ever seen in boxing. Mm. That this guy who was unbeaten, who was knocking everybody out, who was so unorthodox. Yeah. And he only really needed a bit of basic coaching and come back to basics a bit. I mean, yeah. He fights Marco Antonio Barrera. In yeah, the super what a fight. fight. He, he loses on points because he refuses to put his hands up and defend himself. And this is a, one of the great fighters. Mm. And then he never fights again. You know, yeah, I know. It was such a blow to his ego that he couldn't cope with it. Yeah. And then... Crazy, he isn't it? He ate obsessively. Mm. Put on five, six stone. Yeah. You know, and, and yet seems to be perfectly happy in his own skin now. I think he is. He is his, his son is obviously... I think he had his first professional fight. Mm. Um, he seems to be doing well and he's training his son and I think that... That gives you a bit of, you know, get up and go, I suppose, if you're seeing... Yeah. So and I think he was reluctant as well for his son to to go into that world. Yeah. I think but, most boxers are. Well, I mean, the prince, the, but the, prince, the prince really took no punishment at all. None school. at all. No. You know, he was knocked over a few times, but that's because of the way he fought. You would have thought you would have thought the way he bounced about that he was on a bouncy castle. Yeah. Do you know when he was he was stretching back? You know that game where you put a like a. A, a piece of plastic on the ground and it's got circles and squ- and then you you, you put your Twist hand turned up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and then you say, I mean that's what he was like he could go right back almost like elastic yeah. so the, mm. the back yeah. of his head almost touched the touched the, the ring yeah. and then he was back up again oh, he was amazing bouncing back yeah. and forwards yeah he's yeah. just one of these boxers that just mind-blowingly brilliant you yeah. know you said there about you know talk about Mayweather and you said the Premier League footballers is a bit of that Sort of accessibility thing now as well. Is that one hundred percent? Yeah, you can't get access to them at all. And then, like I, I've obviously do the, the shows with the ex players. Yeah, and they're so accessible. You know, the ex players yeah. from the eighties and the nineties. Who who do you do them with? I've I've done a couple with Harry Redknapp. <laughs> you know, I'm fantastic. You know, you you talk like that. You know, and Harry's absolutely brilliant. You know, he's a great guy. You know, to I mean, he's got a story every two minutes about you know Brian Clough. You know, all the fantastic, you know, players he used to play with. You know, there's some brilliant stories there. But I've done like you know, ex-player Andy Cole. I've done a lot of work with Andy Cole. You know, Andy's a lovely fellow as well. He's a great striker. Great striker. Him in York, unbelievable. You know. I was looking at the goal that came up on his Twitter feed the other day, the goal they scored in the new Camp. The yeah. Goal that, uh, that Cole scored with the 1-2. The 1-2 between over. him and York. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Step over. Uh, it was Such it, an it, intrinsic partnership. Yeah, I remember, even yeah. I remember yeah. that. Amazing they, they were. Th- those teams were electrifying. Unbelievable. And they, they played kept, the classic 4-4-2, classic four, four, which you never but seen. Also, I wonder, just, is there a link between, because what you do, like you, if you think of that team of Ferguson, there's so much personality in it. Even from an impressionist point of view, yeah, 
like what? Ferguson Keane. Oh, Ferguson Keane, Beck. I know yeah. I, I said yeah, Beckham was, but it, yeah. it's David Beckham essentially. And then you have, you know, players like Rooney later on. Yeah. You know, even Solskjaer. You know, so he kind of became a bit of a character when he started managing. You know, and he talked like that. Fantastic, of course. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I think I did a pretty good job. But I, when I do Ten Hag as well. You know, you, you don't know what to do with Ten Hag. So, uh, these are big problems. We have Sancho, who's a big problem uh, for discipline. So, we don't know what to do. But Klopp, even Klopp as well. Like yeah. I don't know what's happened to Klopp. He's the most agitated man in the world. I can understand where he's coming from with his complaints about the 12.30 kickoffs. But I'll vote for sure. Everything, if, if, you say, if you say one thing on the turn, you know it's, it's a big problem for me. I'll vote for sure. If, if that's your, oh, no, if, 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 if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. You don't have a clue what you're talking about. I'm the one who knows what I'm talking about. But Pep as well. And with Pep, I kind of think he, he's like a human calculator. You know, of course, the way he thinks, the way he does about tactics, the way he wants his players to perform for him. Okay, so good. So good. But a new one that I've learned as well is Arteta. So when you do Arteta, it's very like that. It's a bit more robotic. It's, the team has to have more belief. We have to get some of the bad eggs out, like Aubameyang. Uh, and then Aubameyang was a player who performed for Unai Emery, who seems to be flying with Villa. And then, of course, when you do Unai Emery, uh, Everest is a very, very, very good team at Aston Villa. We are doing so well. Uh, you know, maybe we might challenge for the title. Who knows? <laughs> Do you think someone like Emery, like, because he, he is... Underappreciated. But he's also more comic, like, even when you do him. Like, he's, like... Is that making... Did you notice I didn't say a certain good? You, you, did, you, did, you did, but that, that I, ruined him at Arsenal. It ruined him, yeah. The good evening thing just the good, ruined him. good evening, yeah. yeah. Because that was how he... And he came out... He, because he came after Wenger. Yeah. And Wenger was, you know, I know, okay, every, the la last 10 years of Wenger were, were terrible, but he still had this authority. He still, yeah. And suddenly you had this guy who was being kind of mocked and mimicked. Yeah. Uh, so it shows you, like, again, there's a kind of line between what you're There's a doing. lot of bad apples in that Arsenal team there as were, well, yeah, yeah. you know, there really was at that time. And But if, you're so, if, someone starts, if somebody crosses that line in your impressions, even between somebody who you can kind of, you know, Klopp is funny. Guardiola is funny for like the obsessiveness, but when it's sort of, when it's when it, Emery is more of a kind of it's a it, there's a caricature, caricature element, to, element, element to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah there know. is. What's your and what what's your favorite one at the minute? Um, just in general. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a really interesting one. I mean, I don't know. I when you're sitting in the car, you're in good mood. You know what? Would you would you just would I you do impressions all the time when you're in the a, car? A new, any time I learn a new one, I get excited. So that becomes my favorite. Yeah. So it's I never have a favorite. Favorite on stage would be maybe an Eddie Murphy. May, may, yeah. yeah, Eddie Murphy's great on stage because it's yeah. you know that impression has a bit of energy about it. Joe Pesci as well. But any time I nail down a new one, I'm so excited. I think this is brilliant. I can't wait to showcase this. <laughs> You know, and, and some, like, listen, there's some that I try that I kind of haven't, I do put them in maybe one or two videos and I don't go back to them again. Like I did Harrison Ford. And when I did Harrison Ford, I talked very like that. And everything was very, very <laughs> bland. <laughs> That's how he speaks. <laughs> well, look, we want to thank you so much for coming in. Maybe... Maybe maybe you would see us out with some Eamon Dunphy, which is, I think, well, the greatest. You are, you are, no one should 
even try <laughs> to do him nothing after you. Well, it's a, you know, it's a real shame that he's not an RT. The two of us, and I've said that at the start, you know, and I like to get emotional about things. <laughs> the honesty that we spoke about in our analysis, our punditry, people loved us for that. You know, as Al Foran's mother likes to say, honesty is the best policy pet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in, Al. My pleasure. Great Al Foran. Thank you so much, brother. And now, a holiday message from Donald Trump. It's Christmas, and I'm not afraid to say it, folks. It's Christmas, isn't it? So many great things. Santa, Home Alone 2, the best one. And baby Jesus, but not the parents. Joseph and Mary, not great. Not the kind of people you want coming to Bethlehem. There are eagles crossing the border to have an anchor, baby. Nowhere to stay, not even his baby. It's a disaster. And everyone says the innkeeper was a terrible guy because he didn't give him a room. But I think, and a lot of people are saying this to top people, quite frankly, that he's the true hero of Christmas. He really is. He has an inn, peak holiday season. It's very full. It's very booked. And I've owned some very successful hotels, the biggest. And I know what it's like. And let me tell you, these people, they come in. And Joseph, not a very good carpenter from what I'm hearing. <laughs> and his wife, the Virgin Mary, not that hot, let's be honest. Maybe a six, a Bethlehem nine, they call it. They come in there pregnant looking for a place to stay and everybody says he's a bad innkeeper because he had no room. But what does he do? Peak season, he says, you can stay in the manger, size of a junior suite, very warm from the animals. And he's risking a health violation, to be honest, but he's a tremendous guy. So this year, let's remember the innkeepers who kept the inns. They say, keep Christ in Christmas, but let's keep the in, in, in Christmas, in, keep Christ in Christmas. <laughs> and at Mar-a-Lago, this holiday season, if you're pregnant and it's not your partner's child, you can stay one night in a junior suite for the price of a deluxe king. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. I said it, I really did. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.